Hey, Jason here. Today's video, I'm going to answer the question, should you invest in Zscaler? Stock ticker ZS, cloud security company Zscaler. Stock ticker ZS. This is an investment analysis for Ponch, Panch, DJ. Request this on YouTube. Before I get to that, though, I need to let you know you can get this series of podcasts anywhere in the world for free on all major podcasting platforms. Stitcher, Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and more. like this video and our other videos, make sure to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell so you're notified every time we release a new video and release new videos all the time. Before I get to that though, I apologize for what I'm about to say. I don't want to say it. I have to say it though, because every time I don't, I get nasty, disgusting comments in the YouTube comments. So this is for investment or this is for um, not investment purposes. This is for educational purposes only, which you're about to see. I do not short sell stocks ever. Um, so I don't make money if, uh, if I, if I talk negatively about a company, I don't make money off of it. I don't own stock in a long position in any company I talk positively about, so I don't make money from that either. Um, I do this at the request of viewers, and I analyze these companies using my initial stage of the process to help you figure out how to value or evaluate companies faster so you can find better investments, make more money in the stock market, that kind of stuff. Having said that, I do not, because or because of these um, videos at the request of viewers, I do not purposely look at what the company says it's going to do or its story. I don't care what the CEO says. I don't care what the story is. I don't care what the upside potential is five, 10 years from now. I don't care at this stage of my analysis. At this initial stage, if something doesn't meet my initial criteria, I don't even get to that stage, which is far later into the analysis. Um, so because of that, like today's company, most companies I don't know anything about. I don't know anything about today's company. I've never evaluated it. Um, so keeping that in mind, why should you listen to anything I have to say? Because in the first nine years of my career, I've produced average annual returns of 23.5% per year on average. This puts me just behind the great Warren Buffett in the first nine years of his career when he produced 24.2% returns on average over the first nine years of his career at the Warren Buffett partner or the limit, Buffett Limited Partnership. Sorry. I'm not saying this to brag, I'm saying this to prove to you that I actually know what I'm talking about a little bit. Um, okay, there we go. Again, I apologize for that. Don't like doing it. Don't want to do it. Have to do it. Okay, let's get to the analysis. Okay. Zscaler, this is one of the companies I've never evaluated before. Um, like most of the companies that I talk about. Never evaluated this company before. Um, oh, it's price to sales. I don't care about price to sales ever, but being at almost 50, that is an enormous sign that the company is massively overvalued. Another one I don't care about very much is 4PE. Um, <laughs> it's at 400. Um, so these are two signs the company is massively overvalued. But we will get to that after while we look at the numbers. Okay, Zscaler is a security as a service firm. I'll get back to that later, because that's important. It offers its customers cloud-delivered solutions for protecting user uh, devices and data. The firm leverages its position in 150 co-location data centers to deliver traditionally appliance-based security functionality such as firewalls and sandboxes as a completely cloud-native platform. The firm focuses on large enterprise customers and offers two primary product suites uh, blah, 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 blah. Securely connects users 
to manage applications and websites such as Salesforce and Google. That's important. Sales are Zscaler private access, which securely connects users to internally managed applications. Both product suites encompass a broad gamut of capabilities situated across the traditional security stack. It's <sighs> a mouthful. That's a ridiculously worded paragraph. <laughs> but there are some important things in here. Security as a service is the first one. Um, this is not what's kind of generally known as SaaS, S-A-A-S companies. Uh, that's software as a service, but this is probably the same exact thing. They're just putting a spin on it here. Um, so what they're offering instead of, or in place of, kind of quote unquote normal software, they're offering security in the form of cloud software, in this case, as a service. Why is this important? Because SaaS companies, which I would probably put this in, they're just, again, using marketing terminology here in all likelihood to um, differentiate, differentiate themselves, is the reason this is important because this means monthly recurring revenue. Let's go to ClickFunnels, for example. So they're a software as a service company, major software as a service company. Um, they've grown from, I think, zero to 100, $300 million company, something like that, in the last three, four years. Um, they charge two different models. They charge $97 a month, or they charge $297 a month. Um, Adobe is another example of a software as a service company. They charge, I think, for their full suite, something like $50, $53 on a monthly basis. Um, these amounts may not sound like much, but if you can ramp them up and you can get hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of customers, millions of customers, you build gigantic businesses very, very, very rapidly. Um, why does that happen? Because you get the monthly recurring revenue coming in. Yes, you still have cancellation, stuff like that. Um, but after you figure out what the cancellation rate is, it makes it far easier to forecast your um, cash flow and your revenue and your profitability going out over time. If you can do that, that not only brings stability to the company, it brings stability to the employees. It means you can hire faster because and more reliably because you have... Um, a decent estimation of what you're going to be earning in the next couple months. It also means typically higher valuations for companies as well, which is probably one reason their valuation is absurdly high, <laughs> at least on these initial two metrics. Okay. Here's what I'm talking about. When I talk about this ramp, this rapid ramp of revenue, 54 million in 2015 to 602 million in the trailing 12 month period. Um, that is what more than a 10x that is like a probably 11 12x in revenue in one two three four five six years um that's what you can do with these kind of companies however because of that ramp these companies also typically especially when they're the super are the hyper growth stage have negative profitability margins why because they pump all the money they do earn and in some cases even more than they earn into growing the company rapidly by spending more on marketing, by spending more on sales teams, by spending more to upgrade the software and by hiring developers, stuff like that. Um, so this is not a surprise. Their operating margin is on average over the last five, six years, probably about negative 25%-ish, somewhere around that, in that range. In the last year, it was negative 30.8%. Um, not a surprise, not necessarily a good thing. Of course, I look for anything about 10% on a consistent basis, but it's not necessarily a bad thing though either, or at least in terms of these companies. <laughs> 
um, share count has gone up from 102 million to 134 million in the trailing 12 month period. Again, not a surprise um, because they're losing money from operations and they're, they were losing money from cash or they would be. But the reason they're not is because they're issuing shares to keep the company growing rapidly, um, hiring people, um, developing the software, all that kind of stuff. Because of their share issuances, their book value per share is up. Or actually, that has nothing to do with whether I was going to go to free cash flow, but I saw the book value first. Um, skipping ahead a little bit there. So the book value per share is up from $2.03 per share in 2018 to $3.71 in the trailing total month period. That is generally a good sign because it means the underlying intrinsic value of the company is going up. However, we will get to if that's because of goodwill and acquisitions, and I'll talk about that if that happens. Um, what I was going to say is because their share count's going up, while their operating profits are negative, their free cash flow is generally positive over the last five, six years, or slightly negative in the last 12 months as they've issued not a huge amount of shares, but a decent amount of shares, their cash flow is up to 127 million in the trailing total period. Um, again, likely due partly to the share issuances and their share price rise, which I am assuming their share price skyrocketed. Let's see, let's go back to last three years. Oh yeah, their share price is up 500% in the last three years. Um, and in the last year alone, it's up 100%. So why did I assume that? Because of the industry this company in is in is skyrocketing. Software as a service is skyrocketing. Cloud services are skyrocketing. Um, but also because their revenues are up as well. Um, so that's how I kind of figured that out. Okay. ROIC is hugely negative again. I look for anything about 10% positive on a consistent basis. Their ROICs have been massively negative. Not a surprise. Also not necessarily a good thing. Free cash flows massively positive in the last uh, year at 21.1%. Um, generally negative, the early part, 2015, 2016, 2017, positive 2018, 2019, 2020, and into 2021 now as well. Um, they do surpass my thresholds in the most recent years, do not in the three years prior to that. I will look for anything above 5% on a consistent basis um, for free cash flow to sales. Ton of cash, 71% of the balance sheet is in cash. That is very interesting. Um, that generally means the company probably doesn't have a huge amount of debt. They actually do. So this is where also where some of their cash flows come from because they issued a bunch of debt in 2020 likely due to the COVID freak out many companies um, because we didn't know where things were going <laughs> issued a ton of debt to raise cash um, in the case things got terrible because of that their debt levels are up a lot they issued in 2020 their debt their long-term debt was in 47% um, long-term debt and they have no short-term debt, so they issued long-term debt likely to raise cash for um, the COVID stuff. They don't have a cash converter cycle because this is software, and there is something similar. It's called a cash converter score. Um, frankly, I haven't used it much, 
but that is something similar. Okay, interest coverage ratio is negative 4.3. That is not good. That means based on their current operating profits, they cannot cover the interest on their debt, which of course makes sense because they're negative. Uh, they're unprofitable on an operating profit basis. So anything above positive one is good. Um, the higher, the better. Um, at negative 4.3, that means it can't cover that, which is not a good thing. But they're getting around that with um, issuing shares and stuff like that. Their debt equity is 1.8 or 1.9 rounded up. Again, I look for anything below one. This is not surprising because they issued a ton of debt in 2020. Um, again, likely to the COVID stuff. Okay. Okay. And they do have a lot of cash. They have about $1.5 billion in cash, cash equivalent in short-term investments. Their market cap is about $30 billion. So that's a decent chunk of cash there for them. Don't have a ton of property planned equipment, which makes sense because they're a software company. Most of their total assets are in cash. Um, that is interesting. Another thing about um, SaaS companies is they don't have a lot of huge properties or huge equipment, stuff like that. Their major assets, quote unquote, are typically um, intellectual property, if they have any of that, um, software, patents, if they have those, or just the general software, customer list, stuff like that. Um, so their assets, when it comes to like hard assets, most of it's frankly in cash. The reason this is interesting to me is because what is that? Like 90% of their assets are in cash. And most of that cash came from share issuances and debt issuances. Um, again, not necessarily a bad thing. It's just interesting. Um, that means they're, they have a margin of safety, a large margin of safety because of that cash hoard. Um, also their debt levels are minimal even their actual absolute debt levels are minimal they have two times more cash than they have debt um even in turning uh long-term debt short-term debt and capital leases for both they have two times more or almost two times more um cash at 1.7 what 1.74 is that it was 1.71 billion cash cash equivalent to short-term debt they have about nine point or point nine six billion so 960 million in short-term debt long-term debt and capital leases so yeah they they are fine there that's a huge margin of safety other than that clean clean on the balance sheet that's very good no major issues. Oh, one thing I didn't see was the goodwill. And that must have been small because I scanned over it. And it was. <laughs> so this is a very good thing. Um, their goodwill is, what, 50 million? Um, since we're in US dollar billions here. So that's why I scanned over it. So what that means is their book value per share going up. That's a great indicator that it's actually real world economic value and the intrinsic value of their company is going up um, because it's not due to acquisitions um, and overpaying for assets, which is what this uh, goodwill number is. So that is a great sign. The 
company's value is skyrocketing, which again is a good thing, but it's not a surprise with SaaS companies. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they did purchase an investment of some kind of for $1 billion in Q4 2020. So what I would do is do this. Most likely this one here, and it closed probably at the end of the year. So this is the initial announcement and most likely closed. And again, this is very common. SaaS companies will typically buy out other SaaS companies that they can acquire. So there is some acquisitions going on. It's not a bad thing though. It doesn't look like they're overpaying for it because there's not a huge goodwill charge. Okay. Again, very clean here on the cash flow statement. Very clean. So at this stage, Zscaler looks like a good potential investment. The biggest question would be, is it too the quote unquote tipping point, um, which typically takes SaaS companies a little bit to get to, but once they get to that, they become juggernauts. <laughs> so is that's why its numbers improving? Is that why its revenues um, are improving? Is that why its cash flow improving, or at least part of it? Again, we know most of it's from the share issuances and debt issuances, um, but is it getting to that tipping point where it's going to start becoming profitable and growing at massive scale? Because if it is, this their valuations i can already guarantee are going to be absurd um but um is it worth it which gets us to price to sales again i don't care about that but it's at 49 times sales um pe can't be shown because it's unprofitable on a net income basis which it was yes negative 238 million dollars um on a net income basis in the last 12 months so that's why that can't be shown price to cash flow is 155 so even though they are produce huge profits on cash flow due to share issuances and debt issuances their rate is still 156 here i look for anything below 20 um here price uh forward p i look for anything under 20 again um <laughs> this is at 400 on pe price to cash flow and forward pe I don't really care for much, but when I do, I want, again, I want it to be under 20. Can't look at the enterprise value to EBIT because EBIT is operating income and unprofitable on an operating income basis. So what we'll do here is what we've done several times. And I'll show you how to kind of get a base valuation or at least a comparable for the company if it's unprofitable by looking at a similar size company. For 10 billion okay sort get out of here add so we're looking for about a 30 billion dollar company too big too big okay so let's go with I'm not gonna go with AMC <laughs> I've evaluated them before and they're not a great stock so we're not going to do that. 
Let's go with American Waterworks Company here. AWK, and actually the Z scaler is only four spots ahead, so yeah, let's go with them. Okay, what I'm gonna do here while these come up is illustrate to you that hopefully this company is profitable. It is. Its margins are gigantic. What I'm gonna illustrate here is revenues, profits, cash flows, and the size of the company are about the same, but I wanna illustrate how massively overvalued Zscaler is. So, and I'll show you, or show you, tell you what I mean as we go through this. So they have revenue of $3.8 billion. Zscaler's is 602 million. So that's a massive difference. That's a more than a six X difference in revenue right there. Operating profits, operating income 1.3 billion or 1.23 billion um, for American Waterworks. And let me get rid of these because I keep going to them. Is negative 185 million. So massive difference there. Free cash flow for American Waterworks is negative 432 million. So there's not a massive difference there. Or there is, but it's in um, it's in Zscaler's favor. But again, it's because of <laughs> share issuances, debt issuances, which looks like it might be some from here as well. But without that, they'd be ma negatively or massively negative as well. So what I want to illustrate here is this evaluation, which we can actually look at for American Waterworks because they are profitable. So this is the most important number here, enterprise value debit. I'll look for anything below eight here to show the company's undervalued. They have a enterprise value debit of 32.11, so which shows that they're massively overvalued. They produced on that $1.23 billion in operating profit compared to Zscaler, and they produced negative $185 million in operating income. These companies are about the same size. Zscaler or uh, American Waterworks has earned, what is that? $1.5 billion difference in the positive in terms of operating profits. And they're valued, at least in terms of market cap, at about the same rate. So if American Waterworks is over massively overvalued and it's far more profitable than Zscaler, that means Zscaler is insanely overvalued. Um, why is that? Because over the long term, companies are valued based on the profits and the cash flows they produce over the long term. Um, that's why I'm saying it's massively overvalued and why this is fair. So having said that, let me bring me back here. Because of this, I would not invest in Zscaler at this time. Um, the business model is coming. It's here. It's exploding. It's going to continue exploding if they do things well. Um, but they are so insanely overvalued. If I had to put a number on it, again, I can't because they are um, unprofitable on an operating income basis. But I would say by their equivalent EV to EBIT, if they were profitable, would be something like 150 to 200. Again, I look for anything under eight to show that the company is undervalued. So due to their massive overvaluation, due to their relatively um, recent improvements in their business, do the share issuances, debt issuances that are leading to, or that are helping the company become more profitable on a free cash flow basis than they really are based on their operations. Um, I would stay away from Z-Scaler Z right now in terms of me and my investors. If you own it, 
and it fits your criteria, great. For me and my investors, it's, there's no way I could invest in this right now. So um, great case study though, good looking company. I, I'm very familiar with the business model. I love the business model um, and I know it leads to higher valuations, but <laughs> its valuations are even higher than that. So would not invest in the company. Um, great analysis though, or great pick here, Ponch DDA, Panch DDA, again, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Thanks for this recommendation. Um, if I didn't explain something well enough, if I missed something, if I should explain something better, let me know in the comments below. This is for everybody, not just Ponch DJ. If you want me to look at a stock like this for you, I'll do so anywhere in the world. Every video for now, the last three, four months, and going forward for at least the next two or three weeks on my calendar, has been requested from a viewer. So if you want me to look at a stock, I'll do so anywhere in the world. Has to meet three criteria though. Has to, um, or it can't be a bank because I don't evaluate banks. Can't be an insurance company because you actually have to dig into the end reports for that to evaluate them. And it has, has to also be producing revenue. Why does it have to be producing revenue? Because I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. I don't care about the story. I don't care what, about what a company says it's going to do. I don't care about any of that until far later. Um, I did analyze some stocks for viewers that we're not producing revenue and frankly they were kind of boring because there was nothing for me to analyze which at this stage is i have to have numbers so if it meets those three criteria i'll look at stocks anywhere in the world um i would love to do so for you if you like this video make sure like love share subscribe all that good stuff um we really appreciate really appreciate you watching and we'd also really appreciate if you subscribe and hit the notification bell as well so you're notified every time we release a new video and release new videos all the time if you're listening on the podcast, again, we really appreciate it. Um, like, love, share, subscribe, all that good stuff as well, like I just said, for the YouTube channel. Um, but on the podcast, we'd also really appreciate a review because the more reviews, views, and listens we get to our content, the more people we can help. If you're looking for more specific help from uh, to become a better investor faster, um, you can get our free resources bowl, including our five free gifts, which you can get the full written valuation template or full analysis template of the um the written part of the visual, it's confusing. <laughs> the written actual worksheet, you can do that so you can evaluate stocks better and faster yourself. Sorry, I hit the mic here. Um, you can get that as part of five free gifts below. You can also get a free PDF copy of my book, How to Value Invest, and a free copy of our guide, Seven Tips to Picking Great Stocks and Three Times You Must Sell. You can get all three of those for free at the links below in the description. And if you want more specific help from me on how to become a better investor faster, make sure to check out the links for our newly relaunched masterclass that I'm so excited about um, in the links below as well. But until next time, have a great day. Talk soon.